<laughs> what the f was the point then? Why do we do bits if we're not gonna get it? <laughs> um, I am doing fine. It's the last week of school with students. Nice. I've gotten two goodbye cards from eighth grader. Oh, you got the fucking loser emoji. <laughs> Yeah, she wrote for Mr. Wes, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Students all absolutely burning you. Yeah, there was one point I had to tell her eighth grade class that they should stop being so mean to me. <laughs> like, hey, kids, I don't mind, but if someone else comes in, that might look bad. <laughs> no, it was because I did mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I like you all a lot, and I don't like it how mean you are to me. You've all crossed a line. <laughs> hey, boy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Completely, like, backwards status. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's normal status-wise. I don't know. I was always mean to my teachers, but as Kira told me in a car ride home yesterday, Ethan, you and your friends in high school were all bullies. And I went, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, me and my friends, like, were the kind of, like, we were all just very nice to people. Like, we were well-liked because we were very nice. <laughs> Gross. And, like, we were all class clowns, and we did mm -hmm. it more to entertain than to put anyone down, really. How charitable of you, <laughs> Mother Teresa. <laughs> hey, Mother Teresa, all the like, racism that goes with poverty. That. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you brought them out with a wealth of laughter. <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like so many of them would be disappointed in how jaded I've become. <laughs> your friends or your classmates? Or I guess my, both. Uh, classmates. Oh, my uh, my friends have also become jaded. <laughs> <laughs> I've pretty much always been the way that I am. Comedians always tell that story. They're like, yeah, I was definitely the class clown. If I ever got big, I'd be like, no, abs absolutely not. <laughs> Uh, I sat quietly. Uh, I was angry the whole time. <laughs> one time. One time I passive-aggressived my way to a teacher until they put me in a higher-level science class. Oh, wow. And I regret that immensely. <laughs> I don't know if I've told you this story before, but I feel bad about it all the time. Uh, but I had fallen asleep in class, and as a gotcha, my teacher asked me to answer the question on the board that she had already written the answer to, and I was like, oh, that's wrong, uh, it's supposed to be this, <laughs> and, I, and I was right. <laughs> and she's like, oh, uh, well... <laughs>
That is a very you thing to do. I'm just such a piece of shit, and I can't stop being a piece of shit. Uh, my, so I've made, I've, it's taken two and a half long years, but I think I've finally made some people that I can hang out with out here, like some new friends. Yeah, especially now that Brandy's leaving. Yeah, I need, I need new friends <laughs> now that she's gone. Anyway, my new friends out here are all bullies. Also, we became friends because they bullied me in improv class. <laughs> I was going to say, what happened to improv people? <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't hung out with them because they haven't contacted me. I'm the one who always asks to invite people to hang out. I don't know why they wouldn't ask me now. It's not like I'm super busy <laughs> moving and planning a wedding and desperate. And just desperate. And just so desperate for friendship. Man, des- I'm thirsty. <laughs> You're destitute. Mm-hmm. I got nothing. I've got nothing, partner. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> you, 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 you're the last haw, oh, you son of a bitch. Welcome to a new edition of <laughs> We Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. The game show where one of us is quizzed on a movie they haven't seen while the other one Yee's their last haw. <laughs> I'm your co-host Wes, and this is your other co-host Haw. That's right, folks. I've yeed it. I'm Yeethan. Uh today we are going over Um Kingman, the, the, the secret Kingsman. Uh, you know, I was looking at the franchise. I got to start this off. I don't know why the <laughs> prequel. Like, I have such a hard time figuring out how the title is spelled. <laughs> why did the, <laughs> the prequel, the third movie? Mm-hmm. Change it to the king's possessive men. Man. <laughs> no, it's not. It's the king's possessive man singular. Is it? Yes. Because the king's man is Rafe Fiennes, I think. That's it's... what all the trailers told me. And I thought the trailers looked like shit. It's confusing. It, uh... The movie, we, the movie that I made Wes watch was called Kingsman: The Secret Service. Kingsman, the sequel. The secret, the squeakquel. It's, it's, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I tried. When are they gonna make an Alvin and the Chipmunks version? Oh, they'll have a crossover, just like how they're teasing in the latest Transformers movie that they're going to have a crossover with G.I. Joe. I did hear about that. (laughs) But more importantly, I saw a bunch of people online saying that uh, this movie, or the new Transformers movie, sucks because it's pro-military and police. 
But if you watch Michael Bay's most recent movie, Ambulance, which I have, uh, it's very anti-police and um, the way that the military treats veterans. I have to say, when have the Transformer movies been anti-police? <laughs> you mean any Transformers piece of media? Yeah, I, well, I, the movies. I mean, what is Optimus Prime if not a big space cop? It's like I would, I was going to say, I'm like, I get the same vibe of Transformers as I do with Mark Wahlberg, but then I remembered Mark Wahlberg was in a Transformers. <laughs> Transformers. <laughs> I feel like that should give you all the answers <laughs> you could require. Uh, I haven't, I've seen like 10 minutes of a Mark Wahlberg Transformers and I was like, this sucks. It's... Oh. I've I've only seen the first Transformers movie, and I saw it when I was like fifteen, which is like the prime age the movie's targeting. The Optimus Prime age. I fell asleep during it <laughs> at age fifteen. Uh, hot women, hot cars, and hot <laughs> bots weren't enough for you. I mean, I was pretty repulsed by my classmates who were all talking about Megan Fox at the time. Yeah. There's like, you felt, it felt like pressure that you had to objectify this woman. Yeah. Well, I feel like there actually was legitimate pressure. Like, I remember, I feel like I remember someone saying, you have to like Megan Fox. Right. (laughs) Like, there was always that one guy who was like, there's no you, way you could tell me you don't find her hot. You got to. And I'm like, I don't know, I guess. <laughs> I'm 15. <laughs> but every time I talk about Rouge the Bat, everyone thinks I'm weird. <laughs> That's not a reference for you. You're not a Sonic fan. Well, I was going to say that uh, my crush at the time was the... Uh... Blind bat from Sagwa. (laughs) I was closer than I thought I would be. (laughs) All right, so we're talking in this episode, 15 minutes in, we are recapping Kingsman, the Secret Service. And Wes is quizzing me on what? Misery. Mm. Now, if I watch this movie, do I have to follow it up with Company? Huh? The musical company? Uh, what's the... Is this a joke? It's yeah, like Misery Loves over. Company. Oh. <laughs> I'm on a fucking roll today! I had a terrible day at work, and that's going to come <laughs> out in the product that I put out today. It's like a joke that, like... It's not even... It's, like, bad enough to make a father roll their eyes. Like, that's, like, a (laughs) grandfather joke. (laughs) A grandfather who has started losing it a little bit. And, like, it all made perfect sense in his mind. I have a tenuous grasp on language (laughs) now. (laughs) And I'm like... If, if this grandfather had said that joke to his family, they would all exchange worried looks with each other. Like, does he 
Honey, have you been looking into the home? We can't afford it. I told you we should have gotten uh, uh, the second opinion. <laughs> He's terminal. <laughs> I really think it's terminal. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Tom Hanks movie. Put him down. Oh, Put him down. <laughs> Is the I terminal Tom Hanks? You wouldn't yeah, know. It was. No, I okay. saw it. It was shown to me in my freshman year of... Oh, and that's why you don't like Tom Hanks. Honestly, that one's fine because he's chaotic. <laughs> okay. I'll take But your favorite is Tom still... Hanks. Which is why Elvis is your favorite Tom Hanks movie. Honestly, it probably might get there but it still frustrates me because the movie is called elvis but why is the movie <laughs> so focused on tom hanks <laughs> it's like right when he finally listens to my criticism he just like amps up the ego even more all right fine here's what i'll give you you son of a bitch, <laughs> a bitch. <laughs> All right, let's do a quick sync. Three, two, one. All right, so I quizzed Wes on Kingsman the Secret Service. Wes, how do you think you did on this quiz? Not that you remember any questions. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like you always ask that question, and I just say the same thing. I don't remember the quiz. <laughs> I feel like I got the vibe right, that it's kind mm-hmm. of like third tier trickle down of james bond (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's some reaganomics in the (laughs) genealogy of this movie in more ways than one uh cool Um, so the yeah yeah, uh the open-ended question was yeah you you haven't seen kingsman (laughs) because james bond exists mission impossible (laughs) exists and was based on that um you were saying that this movie is essentially the Waluigi of Mario to <laughs> James Bond. Yeah, fair enough. Which I think is kind of true because they do like <laughs> reference those movies within this movie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and for that, you you said it was sillier than Men- Mission Impossible or James Bond, uh, and. That it has something to do with the Queen and that Colin Firth is an action hero. I gave you one and a half points. I feel like yeah. I feel like the vibe was enough here. Yeah, I wouldn't have like it, it has nothing really to do with the Queen. Mm-mm. Um but if she had been thrown in, it wouldn't have been that much of a surprise. No. I think weirdly, they were uncomfortable with the idea of showing the Queen existing within the storyline of this movie. Yeah, like, it it was confusing to me when they gave this backstory of the Kingsmen are these... It started off as, like, a high-prestige tailoring mm-hmm. group that became spies. I'm like, okay, but who do they answer to? Are they <laughs> so... The answer I got was that they're solely autonomous. <laughs> they are basically vigilantes. 
vigilantes. They are criminals. They indiscriminately <laughs> murder. We'll get into that. <laughs> uh, so the next question, we're talking about the villain of this movie who is definitely <laughs> the not the Kingsman. <laughs> Um, the villain of this movie, Valentine, I don't remember his first name. Most of the time people just call him Valentine. Uh, Sam Jackson, who, what we're really going to call him. Yeah, I mean, I remember that his name is Valentine. It's the only name I remember. Oh, well, this will be fun. I see what makes him a compelling or terrifying villain. You said he's not going to be terrifying. Just for that, I gave you your first half a point. Uh, and then you kind of walked yourself out of the full point by continuing to talk. Uh, you said he is someone who comes from not much money. He comes from the streets and he wants to bring down the queen and the royal family. He's tired of his taxes going towards royalty. No. He's a full-on billionaire who wants to protect all the money and kill off as much of the rest of the population as possible for climate change he's one of uh of this era's most recent eco-fascist capitalists there's so many (laughs) there's so many now hey this movie came out before we met thanos thanos was deep into reaganomics it's not even entirely clear that thanos did it for environmental reasons it always just came across like like he's just overwhelmed by the number of people he's like if we just have it i might be able to find peace (laughs) he's like whoa that number's too big (laughs) he has the worst case of social anxiety that anyone has ever had it's also funny because like he can do this once and it's not like the population won't rise exponentially again. Yeah. Short-sighted. I'll say it. Let me be the first to criticize Thanos' motivations. <laughs> um, is what you find not scary about uh, Valentine just the fact that he has a list? It makes him completely disarming. I can't take him seriously at all. No, he I can't mean, like look at blood. He can't look at murder. Yeah, I think he's a, a fun, charismatic villain with that existing in the writing as well as Sam Jackson's performance. Because I feel like in a lot of things, you can put Samuel L. Jackson in any role and it's like, yeah, the charisma will come with it. But right. I feel like there's a partnership here. And of course, there's always an exception Star Wars. <laughs> the only the only role that takes any charisma that one of the most charismatic charismatic actors has and sucks it all away from him. We've talked about Mace Windu for so long on this show, I don't think we need to get into it again. Fine, then let's talk about Count Dooku. <laughs> Um, cool. I asked you what's on the newspapers that Galahad has spread on his office walls. You just got that wrong. You said it was just the stereotype 
practical action thing that he saves the day. Which no. couldn't be more incorrect. Yeah, it's like all the headlines of the next day after he's saved the world just showing that like the world goes on they don't need you hey man we get to talk about sand like someone choking on a sandwich because he saved the world Mm. it's like the same kind of uh thought process of veterans whenever they come home from war uh you don't think there's any commentary on that no i think it was solely stumbled upon by accident (laughs) (laughs) uh and then my last open-ended question what does valentine prepare for dinner for his billionaire guests you said a full pig roast what did you oh mcdonald's shameless plug shameless plug uh and of course something that would never happen in real life trump (laughs) (laughs) welcome back to your number one orange man bad podcast (laughs) we started this podcast while he was still the president didn't we yeah Hmm. we outlived the trump presidency Mm -hmm. the government couldn't shut us down and now biden won't either (laughs) That son of a bitch doesn't have balls. <laughs> That's right, your number one anti-government podcast <laughs> slash movie game show. <laughs> Which is diverse as hell. Hashtag yeehaw. <laughs> Scott Ackerman's uh, leaving us a comment on Twitter that says, you will yeed your last haw, you son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, so coming out of the open-ended section, you have a total of two points. Moving on to multiple choice. Am I boring you? I had I've had a couple teachers who would do that anytime a student yawned. They're like, "Bro, you're interrupting your own flow." Right. <laughs> I can't help it. I've been up since five o'clock in the morning. I had uh, I did this uh, Jeopardy game with fourth graders last week, and one of the mm-hmm. Jeopardy things was the amount of money we made at the uh, book fair, and mm-hmm. then they were all like. How are we supposed to know that? You never told us. <laughs> and then I responded, well, you never asked. <laughs> Nobody ever wants to know how my day is going. <laughs> What's the name of Mr. Wes's podcast that has an average of 20 followers a week? You never asked. <laughs> Because I would have told you. (laughs) Hey, if you're listening and you're one of Mr. Wes's students, just know all you had to do is ask. (laughs) We work pretty hard to make sure that no one can find out, like, who we are based on this show. 
Not very I, hard. I'm pretty sure when you Google my full name, it comes up. <laughs> but it's not the first thing that comes up because the first thing that comes up is Kira's podcast where she did list our full names. <laughs> Multiple choice. Number one, what's the tech expert's code name? You got it right. Yeah, TechWiz. Mm-hmm. His name's TechWiz. <laughs> what is it? Merlin. Is it's Merlin. Code? Yes, thank you. I was like, I can't just sit here and not have you say it. <laughs> For anyone that hasn't watched the movie, Wes does think his name is TechWiz. <laughs> and guess what? Uh, he is a nerd with glasses. <laughs> but he's also hot take off those glasses and he's a hottie <laughs> all right uh nothing on mark strong's performance uh next question <laughs> your favorite villain from shazam one <laughs> i knew i knew him from something <laughs> he's better oh, in man. this than that <laughs> yeah fair enough Uh, second question. Before beating the shit out of some dudes in a bar, what does Galahad say? Galahad is, of course, Colin Firth. Um. Manners maketh the man. Ooh, close. There's no the, but you got it. Oh, yeah. Well, you got it right now. You didn't get it right uh, the first time. You said you said it was, please let me finish my pint. <laughs> Which is almost what he says. He says that before he gets up and then says manners maketh, maketh man. Yeah. Which is a very Shrek thing to say. Yeah, Shrek's always saying manners maketh man. <laughs> manners maketh man. <laughs> it's all ogre now. <laughs> A line he's never said. You've yeed your last heart. You son, of, son a of a bitch. bitch. <laughs> uh, the next question. <laughs> What's Valentine's end goal of his evil plan? You got it wrong. You said it was unlimited food. It was a dumb pick on my end. Like, why would they... <laughs> Who's an army? <laughs> if he's just right, getting unlimited I, food and the Kingsmen. I feel like the only villainous plan that I'm aware of that provides an unlimited food supply is Soylent Green. Spoilers for Soylent Green. Uh, yeah, but he wants to stop climate change. I mean, he could have destroyed all the cars. He could have. He could have done a lot of things. I'll tell you the number one thing he could have done: pay his fucking taxes. Fair enough. <clears throat> uh, question number four: How does Valentine ensure that he has access to almost the entire world's population? You were so excited for this one. I'm sorry you got it wrong. He does not put on a concert with each country's most popular bands. <laughs> And no, they are not all Smash Mouth. <laughs> um, 
It is the simp card <laughs> that is given to everyone. <laughs> I think that would work as a villainous plan to, to, to get everyone. I mean, if you make everyone a simp, you mm-hmm. would be able to easily convince them to cut out the fossil fuels. As the Dami Mommy, I think by giving everyone a simp card, I could just handle all the world's problems. Mm-hmm. Um, simp? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the it's a it's essentially just a micro SD card that gives you free internet access somehow. <laughs> and, um, I think that's what Mint Mobile is. This may be libel. But I think Mint Mobile is the same thing as what Valentine was setting up here. This is complete conjecture. Complete <laughs> conjecture. Neither of us are completely sure what Mint Mobile is or does. I know it was purchased by uh, T-Mobile, and that can't be good. <laughs> Founded um, and operated by an actor. <laughs> also can't be good. It also has the unfortunate side effect of increasing aggression and <laughs> inhibiting oh, what does it inhibit the it, it the um i don't know it just you watched it, this yesterday <laughs> i watched this 2 weeks ago it inhibits like the, the like the stop gaps in your brain that are like supposed to like where you like think whether something's right or wrong. Yeah. So you're just ag- aggressive and you're just gonna do whatever you want. It'll so, make you kill whoever is closest to you. It will make you commit child abuse on set <laughs> to a three-year-old who is yeah, that... terrified i don't i don't was there ever a shot where they're both in frame yep uh-oh because <laughs> i was like most of the framing of that shot is the girl just looking directly at screen yeah, but, but I don't there's, remember there's a few her. shots where she's poke, where you see over her shoulder her poking her head through and whacking on knife. this door and you see the baby <laughs> through the door. <laughs> That's true. I would like to think that they did a masked lair and there was a green screen on the other side of the door, but I don't think they did that. I sure hope that was the case. <laughs> Just off screen, sitting in the bathtub, though there was the parent of the child going, "This isn't real. You're fine." <laughs> to a While child who does just not understand, absolutely, who <laughs> probably doesn't fully understand English. To be honest, <laughs> she's very young. Uh, and then the last multiple choice question: Galahad kills a building full of. You said U.S. soldiers, and that it was going to be very tasteless. No, it's just valentine's dudes right hmm? no this is the church oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah he kills just the most outrageously bigoted church <laughs> very much based on the westboro baptist church but like at a cartoonish level yeah for sure 
they definitely did not need to use the n-word twice in this movie. No. <laughs> no, they did not. Uh, I think you would have done better on the quiz for this movie if you had known like when it came out. Because this feel the more I think about it, the more I'm like, this is very rooted in that specific like early 2010s. Yeah, racism mentality. is dead. Right. I talk about that a lot. And um, let me tell you, uh, Kira and I just started throwing on New Girl in the background while we're just taking care of stuff and I've, moving. Yeah, not heard great things about that job. <laughs> the three lead actors uh, are all very good and very funny. Their charisma and ability is basically the only reason that show is able to work. Uh, but the same level of fat phobia that is in Friends, which is much older than New Girl, <laughs> is still present in that show. There are so many racist jokes against Asian people, but in that way that like 30 Rock and The Office were all like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeesh. If it's done sarcastically, it doesn't. Yeah. Mean, it means it's not racist, right? And I'm not saying I've never made that mistake. I definitely have. Same. I just know now that it was wrong. Mm -hmm. And I Unlike hope that the writers Tina of Fey. New Tina Fey was right, dude. <laughs> and uh, that one writer who everyone followed for a long time on Twitter, but I can't remember what happened to her. She wrote on the good place. Eh, whatever. I'm not here to. I'm not here to lambast somebody who's striking. All right, true or false. Say, <laughs> moving on. Uh, so moving out of the multiple choice section, you have a total of three points. In true or false, number one. True or false, Ewan McGregor makes a cameo doing an American accent. Not to my knowledge. No, what I was referencing is the fact that we have another Star Wars cameo doing an opposite accent. I don't know. Who was it? We have Mark Hamill doing a British oh, accent. Oh, yep. Mm -hmm. doing, a, doing a pretty good accent, too. It was pretty Which decent. Isn't, isn't surprising since he's besides he's a voice Skywalker, actor. Yeah, known for his yeah. <laughs> voice work. So. Um, it's just weird to see him in this movie. Yeah, it was distracting. <laughs> every I thought time he was going to have a much bigger role. <laughs> you would think that <laughs> when you have Mark Hamill. Spoilers for the second movie. Um, Elton John, who's the big cameo in that one, has a much bigger role than Mark Hamill does in this one. And that's weird, because Elton John is playing himself. But you, I would expect Elton John to have a bigger role than Mark Hamill. He's just a bigger personality. Yeah. More people know who Elton John is. Like my grandma, <laughs> if I showed two pictures and one was Mark Hamill and El Elton John, my grandma I mean, would I... know Elton John. She might recognize, she wouldn't recognize who Mark Hamill is. She would go, is this old Skywalker? No, she wouldn't even know that. <laughs> I guess... 
It is interesting to think about because Mark Hamill would have been like one of the biggest actors after Star Wars. And then that kind of just wanes because he wasn't picking up a lot of high profile projects after that. Mm -hmm. Because why would you need to? Right. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. You also have to keep in mind she's uh, an 80-something-year-old lady in the UP with no internet. (laughs) That's the way to live. (laughs) We should all live that way. The UP has enough room for all of us. There's a good amount of room for more people. True or false? When the cadets are asked to pick a dog, Eggsy chooses an English bulldog. This is the first question where I reference Eggsy, the main character of this movie, at all. <laughs> I Yeah, I was surprised by... Is it Taryn Edgerton? Is that what yes. it is? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is when he just was starting to make it big, right? This this is the his like breakout movie. Oh, gotcha. What was the question? Uh, when the cadets are asked to pick a dog, he chooses an English bulldog. Uh, he picks a pug that he thought was an English bulldog. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what he named it? That's not a bonus question. I just wanted to ask you. JB. Of course. After James Bond. Yeah. Are you agreeing with me because you think that's true or you don't remember? No, I'm pretty sure that's the reason. Oh. No, he names it after Jack Bauer from 24. Oh, right. Yeah, Jack Bauer. <laughs> because the shows that Eggsy likes are eclectic. A show I watched in middle school solely because my middle school crush watched it. <laughs> I get that. I, I, I may have told this story on the podcast, but... I watched the series finale of Lost just because the girl I liked in high school was into Lost. Hmm. More embarrassing because you you were in high school. I was just in middle school. I was just a baby. (laughs) A baby shouldn't watch 24. (laughs) I think instead of having that woman attack that baby in the bathroom, it would have been better if they just threw on some 24. Uh, true or false sinister clock countdown clock is stopped at one second you said true it is yeah it's pretty cliche but I think that's the point the whole scanner switch thing is very dumb (laughs) I thought it was funny it's yeah it's played for laughs but it's yeah plan would have worked if he just uh, didn't do that but it's uh, like it's it's played so much for laughs at the beginning that it just draws attention to it. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, this is going to be it kind of lets some air out of the balloon. I get it. Yeah. <clears throat> true or false? The Kingman killed Barack Obama. You said true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's implied that it's Barack Obama. <laughs> I don't know who else it could be. They don't show his face. But I don't know who else it could be. It is alarming. (laughs) Every time I watch this movie, I go, 
Is it Barack Obama? Is it like they're a Barack Obama in this movie? Doesn't he die? Don't the Kingsman kill him? <laughs> I should make it clear to anyone who hasn't seen this movie. It's not like they kill Barack Obama like is, a, is this covert assassination. He's a weird casualty that's part of the process. Yeah, like he's treated as just a regular member of the elite. <laughs> They wanted a high pro- high profile person to murder in this movie, and for some reason they chose the president over the queen, <laughs> <laughs> which I I I maintain is because this movie's universe isn't sure what the Kingsman's relationship <laughs> to the queen even is, or to the public at large. <laughs> <laughs> Which, when you brought that up at the beginning of this episode, I hadn't even thought about. (laughs) It was like one of the immediate things I started thinking about when, because the first scene is so bloody. I'm like, are they taking (laughs) any prisoners? Do they make any attempt at all to ever take prisoners? And the answer is no. Not really. Like that guy, (laughs) that guy who kills Eggsy's dad, they were probably gonna kill him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah anyway they kill barack obama the guy doing barack obama's voice does your very average barack obama impression yeah also is it implied at the beginning when they go to middle east <laughs> <laughs> that they're like a part of the whole like iraq like torture Ring. Yeah, they would have to be. <laughs> because Eggsy's like seven or so. And he, at the time, well, we don't know. He becomes an agent like, when he's 18 or something. So it would it would add up. What were they doing there? <laughs> this is this is where we make the YouTube thumbnail. <laughs> Big yellow text across the screen. Why are they here? Kingsman sends people to Gitmo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously not, because we've established the Kingsman kill everyone that they come in contact with. God, keep them away from Gitmo. (laughs) (laughs) Put me in Gitmo. I don't want to be killed by the Kingsman. (laughs) At least I'll be safe from them in one of the worst prisons that has ever been talked about. Uh, you said there would be an Elton John cameo, uh, and you said that Eggsy would become a Kingsman agent. Both of those are incorrect. Doesn't he become one by the end? Nope. He just helps him out. He's a free agent who assists the Kingsman. He doesn't... He at (laughs) A free agent from a free agency. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He is a vigilante in a vigilante organization. (laughs) And in case you want to be like, oh, Ethan, you're wrong. I'll go ahead and pull from the second movie. Uh, He's still not a Kingsman in the second movie, but it is about him. He's still just helping out. What's the point? (laughs) Uh, I think at the end of Kingsman 2, Eggsy does officially become a Kingsman agent. But for the duration of both of the movie's runtime, he isn't one. 
And then they're like, and let's do a prequel now. Exactly. Like, oh, you're probably excited to see what Eggsy's doing as a Kingsman agent. No. Taron Edgerton's now too big for the franchise. <laughs> we must go prequel. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the other things that makes the Kingsman series difficult to work in from a timeline perspective, at the end of the first movie, pretty much every major world leader is dead. In the yes. second movie, they really try to breeze over it and not talk about what that fallout is like. Yeah. I guess it... That would remind me more of, like, James Bond, where, like, every movie's kind of, like, episodic. Mm-hmm. But the stakes were too high for this movie to have a direct <laughs> follow-up, and then have another one after that. <laughs> uh, and then the screenshot. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. As of right now, you have five total points. Moving into the screenshot, you said, this is Sir Michael Caine. He's the head of the organization. That's correct. He's cheersing a very young man who looks like an influencer. I can't say that he doesn't. (laughs) Taron Edgerton just gives off influencer vibes. I don't know what it is about him, but he really does. And it doesn't matter what he's doing or what he's in. It's... Like, a similar vibe to Josh. Like, it's just... (laughs) I was like, Josh what? And I was like, oh, there's only one Josh we talk about on this show. Josh came up on my TikTok this morning, and I... That's when I realized that I don't know how to block people on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, fuck this. And I went to block, and I'm like, wait, is there no way to block someone? (laughs) How? And you watched the whole video, so now he's in your algorithm. Right, like I went to his profile too, so now he's going to pop up more. <laughs> now he's going to DM you. <laughs> hey, Wes, big fan of the podcast. Would love to kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so this is fun. I think it's this now... This podcast is fun. This <laughs> is I wasn't having, I wasn't oh, having fun no, before. This is fun 150 episodes in now i'm having fun this Uh, is so fun so if you're listening to the show now and you're a new listener it is possible that you are no longer able to listen to the first 50 episodes of this show uh i didn't notice but on podbean when you set it up there is a cap you can set the cap for how many episodes are available on any service at any given time Uh it's defaulted to a hundred so right now the first episode that you can listen to of our show is the second episode of our star wars season oh wow which i honestly think is a fine place to start yeah because at least the audio quality is good is all the star wars stuff gonna go go bye-bye it will, but I'm thinking about incrementing it up by one every week. Unless I have to pay more money, yeah. in which case I'm not going to do that. Yeah, because no, I'm never going to listen to <laughs> if anyone listens again. If anyone listening would like to listen to what is now our archived episodes, let us know. Send me a thumbs up and either A, it's just one of you, I'll send you the file. <laughs> if it's a bunch of you... I'm paywalling them. <laughs> start 
talking <laughs> to one I'm, another. I'm causing a prisoner's dilemma right now. <laughs> if one of you wants it, you get it for free. If two of you want it, no one gets anything. <laughs> and this is the law of supply and demand. Uh, anyway, you said that uh, this influencer boy is the newest recruit to the Kingsman. Or the grandson who's just come to work. Um, it's heavily... You ready for me to describe it? I was going to say it's heavily implied that uh, Charlie, the bully recruit, is the grandson of someone who's just come to work. Yeah. And you said it's toward the end of the movie. It is. Uh, you were thrown by Colin Firth not being in the scene. Uh, Your quiz Colin... definitely set me up. <laughs> <laughs> Do not expect either of these two. <laughs> yeah, it really did. Uh, my goal was mostly just to focus on <laughs> the villain and Colin Firth. <laughs> uh, but uh, for one thing where I did have to give you a point... Uh, you mentioned Vladimir Lenin was on the bust in the background of the scene, but these people are too rich to have a bust of Lenin. I had to give you a point for that, because that's true. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, Michael Caine is the head of the Kingsman organization. He is talking to Taron Edgerton right after Galahad, his mentor, was shot point blank in his face. Um, which I saw the poster for the second movie. <laughs> it's ridiculous that Colin Firth is back and with an eye patch. I'm going to say it right now. I wish he wasn't. <laughs> and this is where Taron Edgerton's like, oh, what can we do about this? We have to stop this guy valentine and then michael kane's like oh there's nothing we can do we're gonna just send this off to the authorities and that's when he realizes <laughs> michael kane has had a a surgery done to have sexier ears mm-hmm. there's a big old scar behind his ears and it's this thing that valentine's doing for rich people or influential people where they follow his plan or they die. And my it's... biggest question is, <laughs> how did Valentine meet this guy? Why was he so worried about Colin Firth if he already had the head of the organization under his control? I think he wasn't worried about Colin Firth. My theory is that... He's constantly tracking him down. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it's good to know where your enemies are, but my theory is that Valentine met with Michael Caine before, like, immediately before he meets with uh, Eggsy and uh, Colin Firth at the tailor. And so he's he goes in there to, like, talk shit because he thinks he's won. I guess my other question is... He, Valentine spends so much time in the movie trying to figure out what the Kingsman organization is. Mm-hmm. Like, how did he find Michael Caine? 
I mean, it, Michael like, Caine's It, it seems also... like he barely has an understanding of what the Kingsman is when he finally, when he's in London in the tailor shop. I think he knows at that point. He knows the organization well enough to know who the secret head is. I think so. Just find the richest guy. Hmm. Who's funding this? The wealthy. Hmm. I think it holds up. But I'm also a fan. I won't say that James Bond doesn't have dumb coincidences like that. Like there's some there's some bad reveals and surprises in James Bond movies. So it's I'm not <clears throat> saying the movie is a detriment to it. It was just a question that I had. So God, get off my back. I can be curious. You you're allowed. I'm just telling you my fucking headcanon. I'm telling you why it holds up for me, and you're saying it doesn't. And I think that's fine. You're entitled to your own opinion. Jesus fuck. I'm I can't give it. I can't keep doing this show. I'm not having fun. For five brief minutes, we had fun. All right, uh, Wesley, so before I reveal your point total and start quizzing you on the bonus questions, would you watch this movie again? Uh, I think no. I thought this movie was fine. I thought it was fun. It mainly made me want to do two things. Watch X-Men First Class again. made by the same director and also made me excited to watch James Bond movies which we're now definitely going to cover yeah <laughs> it's it's fine it's like a completely serviceable movie it's fun it moves well it's well made it's not going to blow anyone away but it's not like going to be a shitty time for most people mm mm-hmm. I can get the appeal. I think for me, I like this movie a lot because it really shattered my expectations at the time. Like, I watched this several years ago at this point uh, for the first time. Like, it shattered your expectations of what it would be? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you remember the trailers for this movie at all, but this movie was marketed like shit. (laughs) I remember not thinking highly of it. Right. Like, all the trailers were like, look at Samuel L. Jackson being real funny with this lisp. Uh, and he's a super villain. I was like, that's not very possible. But then they show the actual movie. He's quite capable. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just action sequences with no depth. But the movie has something that it wants to say about classism. I think it could say some more stuff. I think it's a little surface on that end. But, you know, there's more there than nothing. Right. And it's... I feel like what it was a distraction for me, and we talked about this one-on-one, but it's like this movie was the start of a franchise, so it didn't have the biggest budget, and it definitely yeah. is reflected in its special effects. Mm-hmm. Um, the choreography is good. So I think that this movie should have like really set a standard for combat cinematography. The choreography itself is, like, solid. It's good fighting. 
But really, just the, one of my favorite things about the cinematography specifically is every time somebody gets hit, the camera follows the energy of the punch before it like snaps back to the person who did it. Yeah. But no, we still got a bunch of shitty Marvel combat cinematography for the next decade. And we don't have anyone leveraging freedom with sex. I told you I didn't want to talk about it. You have to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's truly the worst part of the Like, you agree with me. Like, it's the worst part of the movie, right? Yeah. Like, Eggsy is barely shown to have, like, any kind of, like, sexual mm-hmm. motivation. Like, there's, like, flirtation with the other recruit Mm -hmm. but there's it's so light that yeah honestly they feel like friends right which is all they ever are and it it just come out of complete nowhere yeah (laughs) that he goes up to this princess and is like what are you gonna do for me Mm -hmm. have anal sex and then the (laughs) end of the movie it's just them about to have anal sex. Uh-huh. And Merlin's and there's hilarious a... reactions. Yeah. I mean, there's a scene after that, which is fine, but I never remember what it is. I truly think that that <laughs> scene closes out the movie, and I'm like, wow, what a sour taste to leave in my mouth <laughs> before I leave. And I should say... um, if you think that scene is bad, there's an even worse scene in the second movie, which fully ruins it for me. Like the franchise? Does it ruin the franchise for you? It gets really close <laughs> to ruining the franchise for me. So to spoil a part in the second movie, so they give Eggsy this spy device uh, that is a tracker uh, that fits into the mucus membrane on the body. And so you okay. put on like a glove. Uh, and either put it in someone's nose or ear. You better believe the movie's not going to do that. So Eggsy starts flirting with this woman at uh, like a Burning Man type event. (sighs) Slides the thing on his finger, (laughs) and the camera bullet times follows the finger up a woman's vagina (laughs) as the tracker gets planted. And I'm like... Kira and I are watching this movie together. I think we watched it in theaters. And we were like, this sucks. <laughs> that is awful. <laughs> like, this is legitimately one of the worst things I've ever seen. <sighs> the rest of the movie's all right. Spoilers. For anyone who isn't interested, skip the next 15 seconds. Uh, I hope you didn't like any of the characters in this movie because they're killed in the first 10 minutes of the second movie. <laughs> but yet they find a way to bring Colin Firth back. Yeah, he comes back. <laughs> the Literally the only people who survive the beginning of the movie are Merlin and Eggsy. And then Merlin dies at the end of the second yeah, of movie. Course. Which is why the third movie is a prequel. They're like, huh, we don't have any characters anymore. (laughs) Oh shit, maybe we shouldn't have killed everyone. (laughs) 
It's almost like we established a pretty good cast of characters and then we killed all of them. <laughs> well, it seems like they're one-upping themselves with the rapey energy, so I wonder what the <coughs> prequel had in store. Especially when it stars Rafe Fiennes. <laughs> Maybe he was attracted to the the movie. Yeah. Uh, what's our what's our villain's question? I forgot. Oh, uh, why do you think this villain deserves to be? Yeah, do you think... This one is more of a do you think this villain deserves to be recognized? I think in the world of spy movies, mm-hmm. there it's spy movies are notorious for having some very ungrounded and just cartoonishly wacky characters mm-hmm. um valentine is not that mm-hmm. um so like in the just in movie villains in general i don't know if he really places for me in any way but in mm-hmm. spy movies i think he's fine he's up there maybe in the yeah. top 20 I would say for action movie villains as being the one who like doesn't do the action part, mm-hmm. he's, he's a pretty like well fleshed out character, which you don't yeah. often get in action movies. With understandable motivations too. Right. Like you get it. His partner exists. She has sword legs. <laughs> <laughs> It is her defining character trait and personality trait. <laughs> she cut men in half. <laughs> it is what she do. <laughs> she is her job. All right, let's do these bonus questions, and then I'll give you your total score. Uh, open-ended, what song plays during the church fight? It was something kind of jarring. Yeah. It's almost like that entire scene is to be that way. I don't recall what it is, though. It, it is, of course, the country rock anthem. Freebird. <laughs> yeah, now that you said it, it does ring a bell. <laughs> it's the, now that I say it, it's the only song that makes sense. I will say that I watched this movie... Like, I had terrible sleep patterns this last weekend. Mm -hmm. And I watched this movie yesterday morning Mm -hmm. at, like, 6 (laughs) a.m. Oh, Jesus. And (laughs) I watched this. Okay, first of all, telling me I have no respect for the movies that you show me. I watched the movie and I saw this fight scene and then Colin Firth gets shot and then I fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) I guess the movie's done. (laughs) I woke up and I was like, shit, I gotta watch this movie. (laughs) And I fast forwarded, I I rewound back and watched this fight scene a second time. (laughs) It's cool. A guy gets thrown into a pew and his neck it turns into a rubber band. Yeah, he becomes accordion, man. 
which is a good idea personally. Mm. Uh, multiple choice. What's Eggsy's real name? Is it A, Harry, B, Gary, C, Michael, or D, Charlie? <laughs> this one's tough. <laughs> Especially because I did use names of characters that are in the movie. <laughs> I'm going to go with Harry, but I feel like that's Colin Firth. Yeah, you're correct. It is Colin Firth's name. Uh, his name is Gary. <laughs> so our ma- our two lead characters in this movie are named Harry and Gary. Wow. So creative. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. <laughs> so many young people these days are named Gary. Well, I'd much rather be called Eggsy. Yeah, honestly. All right, and then lastly, true or false, Galahad's dog, Mr. Pickle, died of pancreatitis. Yes, true. That is true. Where is Mr. Pickle? In the bathroom, taxidermied. It's got a... It's where you keep your dead dog. It's like it's it's played for laughs, and, and, and it's like a shock value at first because like it's Colin Firth implies that he shot the dog, and then he's like, "No, it died of old age." And I'm like, oh, I find that more unsettling than he had it stuffed. <laughs> right? He's like, "Oh, so you got it stuffed for all the reasons all those crazy people get their <laughs> animals stuffed." I don't I don't think there's like a right reason to ever taxidermy your pet. I could see maybe if you shot the dog to become a vigilante spy, maybe you got it stuffed as a trophy. But no, he got it stuffed for all the weird sentimental reasons other people do. Because he loved his dog so much that he couldn't be without it. <laughs> All right, Wesley, so uh, dropping out of Kingsman, you have nine points. So you are currently in the lead. All right. I'm happy with that. I really didn't think... I thought we would honestly be tied at seven. Yeah. I mean, I I do think you overshot how goofy you thought the movie would be, but leaning that way, you did still get a decent amount of points. Because the only thing I've seen of this franchise was the the cameo appearance of elton john in the second one with the dog which i will say is very funny in context yeah and i was like oh is this franchise completely different than i thought it was? <laughs> it's a good time the second movie is fine it's like so close to being decent yeah but it's really only if you were a fan of this movie Channing Tatum is in it for a little bit. Halle Berry is in it and doesn't do anything. Oh, I was going to say, this feels like you're a pretty big fan of Men in Black, and it makes sense that you're a big fan of this movie, because they have very similar vibes. I like this much more than I like Men in Black, but I get get how that tracks, for sure. They feel like a... Two franchises that were... It it feels like Kingsman was made to eventually cross over with 
Men in Black, which I know. God, I hope case. it does. God, I hope it does. <laughs> but but only Men in Black International. <laughs> God, I need to see Kumail Nanjiani's weird little fucking annoying alien chess piece. One of the worst mascot characters I've ever seen in the movie. <laughs> All right, we are going to take a short break, and then we are going to get into misery. I'm already there. And we're back with misery. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Whichever one of us isn't speaking is going to be wailing. That sounds like the one of the characters from... Jellystone. <laughs> oh, uh, the turtle. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, oh, well, let's fucking... <laughs> let's, you heed your last high, you son of a bitch! It's like Ethan Pulfer a line from the show, and I was like, there's only one line on my mind. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Hey, uh, SAG is striking. Hire me to be in your animated shows. I'm here to scab. <laughs> Ethan, why haven't you seen Misery, and what do you know about it? Uh, so I haven't seen Misery because it's Stephen King, obviously too scary. Uh, but I will say, of all of the Stephen King's King movies, this is the one I've always been most interested in watching. So despite the fact that I've watched The Shining and I think it's fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, Misery is, uh, it's, it just seems fun. And I want to see Kathy Bates do more stuff. Um, so this movie is about an author who is definitely not Stephen King. Who goes to stay in a cottage in the woods. Which is own, oh, no, 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 no. I think he goes to see a fan. Either way, Kathy Bates plays a fan of his who he goes to stay with. I have no idea who plays the writer. Like, I'm, I'm searching my brain and I'm like, I don't know who plays this man. To me, he looks like Rick Moranis' body with no face. <laughs> <laughs> and I see like, I see like a, 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 a button up shirt. That uh, goes down to the wrist, and it's like a blue, uh, stripy pattern, and then khakis and boots, and it's just Rick Moranis. Basically, what he's wearing yeah. in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, I think. Yeah, you're not far off. And I, he's just some fucking gangly man who's always the protagonist of a Stephen King story <laughs> because Stephen King only knows how to write himself as the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, as the author stays here, uh, the fan becomes more and more obsessed with not letting him leave. Uh, so she wants to keep like reading his story before it goes out to the world. Uh, the big like shocker moment uh, is where she takes his typewriter and breaks his legs with it so that he's forced to stay and write. Um I think he gets out in the movie version, but he doesn't in the book. I don't remember if this is one of the ones, one of the adaptations that Stephen King actually liked, but I'm going to guess that he does. All right. 
What kind of books does Paul write? Who's more popular now, Paul? Uh, he writes, uh, I think you should leave. It's the, uh, you have no good car ideas. <laughs> yeah. Um, he writes... <laughs> I'm just thinking too... about <laughs> some of my favorite sketches from this last season. Oh, you enjoyed the... We can talk about season three later. <laughs> 55 burgers, 55 price. <laughs> God, please let me go. <laughs> oh, fuck, I can run. <laughs> um, my. He writes. Uh... Yeah, f- fuck it. He writes horror. Whatever. It's just Stephen King. <laughs> it's fully Stephen King. I wrote horror and. That face. <laughs> I give up. I'm done. <laughs> Maybe I'll Bye-bye. Be negative points. <laughs> um, what kind of accident does Paul experience? Car. Hard. He gets too hard. It's a hard accident. Help. <laughs> um, no, he's driving down a winding road and he gets into a car accident. Uh, it falls off the road into the ocean. <laughs> you know the Mario Kart track, uh, Yoshi Circuit? Mm-hmm. Basically that one. It takes a turn too wide and he falls off. And he was trying to jump for that secret cave shortcut where you have to bounce off the road and mm-hmm. then straight shot in that hole. Didn't have a mushroom, the dolt. Uh, didn't get the boost power he needed, just straight into the ocean. He was trying to drift, too, at the last minute, but he couldn't even get blue sparks. He couldn't fucking commit to the turn. Like, do the shortcut or don't. Ethan, what is hobbling? You're asking... You're just asking me the definition of hobbling? As an action that you do unto someone. To hobble is to take away someone's ability to walk but what does it what does it look like in this movie in this movie it looks like destroying someone from the kneecaps down (laughs) by smushing them with something to geishas it meant binding their feet (laughs) smushing (laughs) (laughs) pancaked by drunk dump truck driver there's a (laughs) Uh, finally, what makes Annie a memorable villain? Uh, she's obsessive. It's it's like a she's she's like an omnipresent horror, and has like a really solid set of rules. She's America. <laughs> she's America's first yandere, which is a Japanese term that means scary but also cute. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Hello she, Kitty. She'll kill you, but also she's adorable. <laughs> kind of like Cinema Roll. Exactly like Cinema Roll. Okay, multiple choice. What is the name of the main character in Paul's books? A. Annie. 
mm-hmm. B Buster, <laughs> C Hope, or D Misery. Yeah, I guess I should have thought of where the title of this movie comes from, but I'm gonna go with uh, Buster. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Buster. (laughs) What job did Annie used to have? A, teacher, B, writer, C, nurse, or D, secretary? First of all, writing isn't a job. (laughs) It's a hobby you can make money from. (laughs) You hear that, Steven? (laughs) Hear that, Wesley? (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with... uh, Yeah, she was a writer. Stephen King's like, everyone's a writer. (laughs) (laughs) This is like how I... I don't know if there's a single quiz that I've taken on this show where you've asked me for someone's occupation and writer has not been at least one of the things that I have guessed. (laughs) I just, I have it in my head that for some reason Hollywood writers, writers are, are evil. <laughs> that, ri- that writers are so creatively bankrupt that whenever they're putting a character in their story, they're like, they have the same job as me. <laughs> Which is so fucking stupid. <laughs> but I, I have learned nothing over the past three years. Really a lifetime of consuming media. <laughs> enjoying stories like i i cannot enjoy a story unless someone or everyone in a given story is just an xp of the author what does annie make paul do with his newest book a she makes him burn it b she makes him eat eat each page Eat, eat, page. Eat, eat, page. C, she makes him white out every line. Or D, she makes him add more chapters and add her as a character. D, 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 eat, eat, page. Eat, eat, page. Wait, which one are you going with? I am saying D that she forces him to add her as a character, but I just like saying eat, eat, page. Because as we've established, I'm a bully. Fair enough. I made a cure of making a a mistake in a sentence yesterday, and she got very upset. (laughs) Who is investigating Paul's disappearance? Nobody. Paul's wife. B. Paul's agent. C. A local sheriff. Or D. A private investigator. Ethan, cut that. Ethan, Ethan, I know you're listening to this on two times speed. I need you. To cut that joke. Whoa, slow down, Ethan. Hey, buddy, if you're listening, cut that joke. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Um, what was C again? I know D was private investigator. A local sheriff, and then D's a private investigator. I'm going to go with local sheriff. Got to back the boys in brown. <laughs> the boys in beige. <laughs> what was it just last episode we were talking about how county sheriffs are on some? Yeah. 
which is not a scene that happens in this movie. A, Paul discovers a well on Annie's property filled with bodies. Mm-hmm. B, Paul is pushed down the stairs in a wheelchair. C, mm-hmm. Paul bashes Annie's head with a typewriter. Or mm-hmm. D, Paul and Andy, Annie. From Toy Andy. Story? <laughs> Paul and Annie have a candlelight dinner. A, there's no body full of wells. She only has eyes for Paul. All right. True or false? Annie is played by Kathy Bates. Hmm. I did say it, but now I'm I'm not so sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I'm just going to write false because you fucking suck. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You cheated. You looked it up. True or false, Annie has served jail time. False. She's innocent. Innocent, I tell you. Uh, True or false, Paul develops Stockholm Syndrome. False. Stockholm Syndrome's not even real. That's just called a woman using any means possible to escape. I would develop Stockholm Syndrome, but that's because I'm an idiot. I thought you were going to say, that's just called a woman using her feminine wiles. (laughs) (laughs) It is funny how Stockholm Syndrome is like such a common trope. Yeah. True or false. I'm not qualified to talk about feminism. I just want to put that out there. (laughs) Being the fact that you're not a feminist. (laughs) True or false. The person investigating Annie is murdered. Uh... False. They die on accident. Just a completely unrelated spill. (laughs) Dies of old age. <laughs> <laughs> he's on, he's on his he's like so close to the door. His last gray hair falls out of his head, and he clutches his arm. And he goes, "It's my time! <laughs> I need my last haw." <laughs> and then, like, he just fades away. <laughs> it's my time. Um, he crawls the- under the porch because he knows it's his time. <laughs> He doesn't want to inconvenience anyone. He just needs to find a good place to die. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. Anytime one of my pets would, like, go somewhere unconventional for them, I would start to get really anxious because I'm like, (laughs) they're looking for a place to die. (laughs) Not like they're just looking for a nice nook to sit in. Uh, true or false, Annie never actually harms Paul. False. She absolutely harms that man. It was all a dream. Wait a minute. He, no. Yeah, she does harm him. Because I was thinking, I realized that hearing me go, hmm, huh, is an interesting content. I was thinking that there was that he originally stays with her because he's too injured to like go anywhere. And I do think that is true, but I think there is a point where he does recover and then she busts up his legs again. Okay. 
True or false? The movie ends on a cliffhanger. False. It's it, it, this is the most obvious conclusion that has ever happened. Watching Wes's facial expression, and I'm not getting anything, so I can't be that wrong. <laughs> All right, I am sending you the screen grab. Scrongrong, squarepong. He makes silly voices. What we have here is um, my future wife, Kathy Bates, <laughs> holding my future son, a sledgehammer. <laughs> uh, so I think this is a fake out. And let me tell you why. I think it would be too easy for Wes to send me a photo of the moment just before Kathy Bates breaks Paul's legs with a sledgehammer. Which I'm now realizing, does she do the same thing to Nicolas Cage in The Wicker Man? Not that you would know. Not that either of us have seen that movie. But I feel like Kathy Bates is in The Wicker Man, and I know there's a part where his legs get broken. Anyway. If you want to come on and quiz me on The Wicker Man, I'll do it. I don't know if Wes will. He's not like a Nicolas Cage guy. I was thinking of Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the only one that I've seen them in is this like movie where Jack Nicholson's like retired and his wife died and he discovers that she had an affair while they were married. Have you heard about this movie at all? No, I've never heard of it. I have not heard of it, sorry. There's wedding plans on my phone. Um, my wedding plans to Kathy. Uh, so what we have here is, uh, I'm going to guess that Kathy, she has a look of disappointment on her face. Uh, I'm very familiar with a facial expression like this. Uh, it's one, anyone makes it me when I've walked into a room. <laughs> like, really? Are you? Yeah, I, I walk into a lot of surprise parties late. <laughs> I am not the person the parties for. (laughs) It's like that part in uh, Big Daddy where they go, we wasted the surprise on you. (laughs) Big Daddy's a good movie. Uh, I stand by that. Speaking of Stand By Me, that's another book that was written by Stephen King that was adapted into a movie. Mm. Anyway, about this much. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't said much. That's the thing. So what happened in this scene is um, Paul was going to try to escape using this sledgehammer. And what's her name? The character that Kathy Bates plays? Annie. Annie has taken it away from him. Uh, And she says, you've lost your hammer privileges. Um, (laughs) uh, This is, I would say, the beginning of the second act, where we're just realizing that something is wrong. We're in her house, specifically in the office. It's really hard when you show me a close-up. There's not a lot to work with here. You know, when I Google image search misery movie, there's mostly just different 
second grabs of this scene. <laughs> that was the problem that I had with Kingsman, too. It's honestly why I usually send you shitty pictures of my TV screen. Yeah, in this one, I did not watch the movie. The last time I watched this movie was like around... I think it was like last fall when Takara and I watched this. This is oh, it's my not. mom's favorite movie. So <laughs> as you watch this, <laughs> just I want to make that. I want to make my opinions about Stephen King very clear. One, I think Stephen King writes books for moms. That's the she target demo. Doesn't read Stephen King. She doesn't but read. The, period. <laughs> the stories are for moms. My mom has read, I think, at least half of Stephen King's works. Which I realize is a lot. I feel like more like Stephen King is a writer for people our parents' age. Mm, that also makes sense. But his tweets are for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, what his... Specifically, just the tweet where he talked about how good the Flash movie was. The new? Did he tweet about the new Flash movie, or are you talking about the old Flash movie? No, the the newest one. So, because uh, Ezra uh, Miller isn't allowed to go and do publicity for it, they paid a bunch of celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> and Stephen King was one of them. I I do like the idea that people have to praise this movie, going. It's fa- It's pretty good considering. <laughs> oh, considering what? Nothing. <laughs> Just know there won't be a sequel, probably. There probably won't be a sequel. Um, they. It's simply a movie they could not cancel for some reason. <laughs> Honestly, the the reason that I'm most interested in this movie is like, why is I love Michael Keaton. <laughs> Why couldn't they just cancel it? Like, what makes this movie so necessary that it couldn't be canceled? And I don't think there'll be an answer that is satisfactory. Yeah. I feel like it's probably multiple reasons. Yeah, I'm not going to fucking watch it. (laughs) I probably will. (laughs) I know that about you, so it's your job to tell me. Because you'll watch all the movies that I have uh hang-ups about checking out it's my job to watch every single dce movie. you watched shazam fury of the gods i have not seen that yet but i will see it. now that it's on max mm-hmm. the place to watch is that their stupid catchphrase i don't know i get more hung up on how they're whenever you open up the app it looks like they stole like the purple ripple effect from BBC. Like, doesn't BBC have? They, they do. Have yeah. That ripple effect of them. Mm-hmm. My problem is that you can no longer sort by TV shows and movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why would they take that away? Oh, because they wanted to model it after the worst streaming platform, Netflix. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this episode is sponsored by Peacock. <laughs> Peacock is both this week's villain and this week's sponsor. Use promo code WEAINT to get 20% off your yearly membership of Peacock, where you can watch great shows like Rutherford Falls and Grand Crew, both of which have been canceled. 
Uh, it actually has a really great show called Temptation Island that Takara and I really like. Is this your user experience part of the ad? Uh-huh. Yeah, they actually only gave the promo code to one of us, so only Wes gets free Peacock. I have to pay for it. Well, they gave me a different promo code. It's <coughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the letter U, son of a bitch. And you actually get a 200% increase. <laughs> <laughs> NBC Universal was hurting. <laughs> so they added this coupon code just for us. Well, do you remember when there was like that news that came out, I think maybe like a year ago, that was like Peacock has released their user numbers and they added no new users within three months? <laughs> Truly the most successful streaming platform. It's not a bad streaming platform. Like, I use it pretty frequently. I just feel like they don't have the content library and they're it's the same problem that every studio has where they're just junking everything. Yeah. And I I hate to say it, they got to the game too late. Yeah, fair enough, but I do like a lot of their older movies mm. and shows. Yeah, I like that they have the channels feature. I think that's cool. This is yeah. turning into a real ad. Fucking pay up, Peacock. You don't get no. You don't get none of this shit from me until you actually start paying us. And I know you're fucking desperate. Okay, you'll come crawling to a show that only has twenty consistent listeners on a good week. We get eighteen, maybe sixteen on average. Make up to a hundred dollars a week by doing ads on your podcast. I don't fucking think so, Podbean. You've been listening to the game show We ain't seen nothing yet You son of a bitch <laughs> The current score is Ethan 7 And Wesley 9 You can find this week's movie on Who? I don't know Do... <laughs> I guess You haven't watched the movie I, I for I'm two months I'm throwing that out there It might be on Hulu <laughs> <laughs> If it's on Peacock No it isn't Not until they pay up Follow us on Twitter at We Ain't Seen It, where I'll not use that. Uh, on Twitter, you can follow me at Powerful Goose, or you can uh, follow me on Letterboxd at eGeese. You can follow Wesley on either platform at Baby Wesley. And remember, look at me, Wesley, when I say this. We're having fun. Can you repeat that, please? We're having fun. Smile. They can hear it when you We're smile. We're having fun. I'm getting the typewriter. Bye.